0: Hey, this is Pastor Doug Bursch, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. The Apostle Paul said that without love, we have nothing. We're a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. Our gospel is meaningless if it's not rooted in the foundation of love. It doesn't matter what laws we put into place. It doesn't matter what Supreme Court justices we have on the bench. If we don't have love, our expression is meaningless. On today's show, we're going to talk about the importance of love. I also have a weird story about a coyote invading someone's house. On today's fairly spiritual show. for listening to the fairly spiritual show this is the Friday radio edition it'll come out in podcast a little later today but right now it's live on the radio on KCIS I guess it's not live. I pre recorded the show, but you're hearing it right now at one o'clock. Too much explanation, Doug. Anyway, we have the show twice a week on Fridays on KCIS, and also Wednesday we have a podcast version. You can go to fairlyspiritual.org to find out more information. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or SoundCloud as well. Also, I have a book that I'd love for you to pick up called The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. And the book is all about the fact that we waste our lives focusing in on our individual pixel lives instead of the larger picture. You know how every flat screen TV has individual pixels? Well, it's not about the individual pixel, it's about the larger picture. Or if you'd like a more uh, you know, poetic view, it's not about the individual brushstrokes of a painting, it's about the entire painting. God wants us to see the bigger picture, and your life is going to be meaningless. I can guarantee you that. I'm not going to be some sort of a strange prophet, but your life will be meaningless if you just focus in on your individual needs. When our life is about the individual pixels, the individual brushstroke, life is meaningless. When it's about the bigger picture, the big picture that God is painting, then it has true meaning. And that's what the book is about, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. You can find out more information at fairlyspiritual.org, or you can just go to Amazon and you can pick it up there. Uh, So on today's show, I'm going to talk about love. I've been quite disillusioned with how Christians seem to be moving on with other stuff when the foundations are just not there. Uh, We're fighting over politics. We're fighting over who needs to be our next Supreme Court justice, what laws need to be in place, but we don't seem to have the basic foundations of love in place. Christians just aren't different from the rest of the world. Uh, I know that to be the case is because you can't distinguish Christians from non-Christians in the political sphere i'll see Christians listening to certain politicians following certain politicians who clearly aren't Christians who don't express love, they don't express the fruit of the spirit they don't express christ like christ like expressions they don't have christ like fruit and yet they uh, just go hook line and sinker with those individuals where you cannot distinguish between the two groups and If Christians truly are radically different new creations in Christ, then we should look different, not just in our doctrine. Not just, you know, we're saved by grace, but we should have radically different demeanors. People should clearly know. You would know that a Christian is a Christian on Facebook and on Twitter not just by who they tell you to vote for or whether they're for or against Kavanaugh. That's not how you would know that. You would know that by the way they talk, the way they interact with people. They're constantly speaking and just oozing love. They're speaking in love. They're oozing love. I don't know if oozing love is the best way to say it, but they're just profoundly different. They're constantly engaging in the ministry of reconciliation. They're constantly trying to bring people together. They're the most friendly, kind, loving, reconciling people on the face of the earth. They're the least contentious. Now, the gospel is contentious. The sense of there's, there, you know, there's truth and there's right and, and there's wrong, but they're constantly communicating in a way that is loving their enemy, doing good to their enemy, trying in every communication for the purpose of bringing life and light to whoever they're communicating to. And that's not what is happening. It's not what's happening at all. And so we can't move on. And, and clearly, we, we, can have, you know, we can have all the laws you want in the land. We can, we can have whatever you think is the right justices on the Supreme Court. If we don't have love, we have nothing. And let me say that again. We have nothing. We have absolutely nothing. It is meaningless. It is worthless. If people's hearts aren't transformed and changed by the gospel, then the laws and the rules and the regulations mean absolutely nothing. There's no meaning to it at all, and the Apostle Paul uh, gets into that. But but you know, before I get into that, I, w- I was thinking about absurdities, and I saw this news story. Um, this is was from September 11th. An Oklahoma woman, she woke up to animal sounds in her home, and uh, she turned on the lights. Now think about this for you, if you had this happen to you, and she found a coyote <laughs> chasing her cat in her bedroom. By the way, not just somewhere. Else in the house, she wakes up and she, you know, there's a noise in her bedroom and she finds a coyote chasing her cat in her bedroom. Uh, The Bixby woman said she thought her cat and dog were fighting. By the way, where's the dog in all this? Clearly (laughs) the dog, you know, just I'm I'm staying out of this. Not my fight, right? But she thought her cat and dog were fighting around 4 a.m. Sunday. But when she turned on the light, she discovered her cat was being chased by the wild animal. Uh, the woman said she tried chasing the coyote. By the way, that's not what I would do. I would run out of the house. That's just so you know me. I get it. You know, I shouldn't be afraid of coyotes, but I'm just just being honest telling you what I would do. The woman tried chasing the coyote out of her house with a golf club, but the frightened animal timidly cowered in the corner. Uh, police uh, used catchpole to capture the coyote and to take it to the woods. I presume they took it to the desert. Um, where it was released. Uh, no word yet on where the Roadrunner was. But you know, crazy story. Coyote in your house. What would you do? But I was thinking about that story. How absurd it is. Uh, but I, I, I literally believe, or I, I feel that we are living in a culture where someone you know wakes up and sees a coyote in their room, and they're like, eh, "Okay, let's just live with it." That's how crazy our culture is. That's what Christians are accepting. We're just accepting absurdity. Just absurdity after absurdity. Just We have political leaders just doing absurdly non-Christian things, saying absurdly non-Christian things, things where every Christian should just say, you know, that is just wrong. That is an antichrist thing. Uh, we just, all of us would agree, you can't say that or do that. Instead, we're just like, eh, we'll just live with it. It's as, it's as absurd as just, why do you have a coyote roaming around your house? I don't know. Won't that coyote eat your cat someday? Well, I, it might, but, you know, it's in the house now. What are you going to do with it? We've become that absurd. Now, let me give you some scripture about what we started with here. We can't move beyond the foundation of love. And, and it seems like we don't even know that the foundation of love is pretty central to the gospel expression, that the gospel is about Jesus. But if you just say Jesus without what does Jesus mean, then you can use Jesus for whatever. But Jesus is expressed in his behaviors, in his actions. And then the apostle Paul and other writers of the New Testament, led by the Holy Spirit, expressed how Jesus is going to be expressed in our midst. And Jesus is going to be expressed through love. So if you have people saying Jesus a lot, and Jesus wants this, and Jesus needs this, and and we're a Christian nation, but they're not expressing love, they're not expressing Jesus. They're actually expressing an antichrist spirit. It doesn't matter how many people follow them. It doesn't matter how big their church is. it, it, It doesn't matter how Christian sounding their doctrine is. If they're not loving, it's not a Christian expression. So in 1 Corinthians 13, now I'm required to read this at any wedding I do as a pastor. I think legally you have to do this. The Apostle Paul gives this talk, and this is not a loving talk, by the way. Like We, we now do this at weddings, right? We, It's this very beautiful, read the love verses, right? But in the context of the Corinthian church, these were not written as something to be read at a wedding. These were written as a rebuke. This church was not loving each other, and they were doing all kinds of things. They had all kinds of opinions. They had spiritual expressions where some people had certain expressions where they thought they were very impressive with their expressions, and some people had certain prophetic utterances that they thought were very important, and some people had great knowledge that they thought was important, and others it was all about you know the, the great, powerful, wonderful th- ways they were laying down their life for Christ. And Paul comes in and he says, you know, all the stuff you're doing, your wisdom, your prophetic utterances, your angelic tongues— all the stuff you're doing, it doesn't matter. It's meaningless without love. And he'd throw politics right in there. I don't, Paul. I, I. believe Paul would—I have no problem saying this— Paul would say, I, it doesn't matter who wins the next election without love, it's meaningless. It doesn't matter who's on the Supreme Court without love, it's meaningless. It doesn't matter who your president is without love, it's meaningless. It's meaningless, it's meaningless, it's meaningless, it's meaningless. It's a worthless gospel. You're doing worthless work. And you go right down this list, and it's read to the congregation, and he's saying you're gathering together, and you're doing all this spiritual activity, but there's no foundation. The foundation of love is not there. And because the foundation of love is not there, it's meaningless. Now, I know some people will be offended by this. you are like, no, you're exaggerating this. i are like, no, I'm not exaggerating this. So we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to read the scripture, and we're going to dig into it a little deeper. More to come. Hey, if you enjoy this show, could you please support it? Because I think it's a little different than what you might be hearing on Christian radio. Could you please support the Fairly Spiritual show? Go to go to fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org and donate. $100, $25, you can give more if you want, but your donation keeps this show on the air. And I'm telling you, not everyone wants this show on the air. So if you want it on the air, please donate. FairlySpiritual.org, a better dialogue in a bitter world. Okay, let's just get back into this. All right, so I'm pushing at this, and I know some people might even be offended, like you're making too much of it. But I don't think I'm making too much of it. In fact, the Apostle Paul made a lot of it. He thought it was a big issue, and in dealing with the Corinthian church. He said, we can't move on until we deal with this issue. And so we come to these beautiful love verses that we've all heard preached or are proclaimed at a wedding ceremony as the bride and the groom are together there. And we just think, oh, isn't this beautiful that the Apostle Paul had these lovely sounding words about love? The context of this is the Corinthian church is in chaos as everyone is doing their spiritual stuff. They have their spiritual thoughts. They have their spiritual actions. And they believe that their spiritual thoughts and their spiritual actions make it so they don't have to love each other. Because I have an angelic tongue, I don't have to love someone. Because I have a prophetic word, I don't have to love someone. Because I have this special thought or this this powerful word, I don't have to love someone. And I could throw right in there, because I have this political agenda that's right, I don't have to love someone. And Paul comes in and says, here's the deal. If you don't love people, your thoughts don't mean anything. So let's read it. 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, now again, this letter will be read to the congregation. Just imagine the congregation listening to this. If I speak in the tongues of men, and, and there's people who, who, are, who are doing this, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clinging cymbal. And there are people in that congregation who are speaking in these tongues that they thought were angelic tongues. And what the bigger issue he's getting at here." is if you're doing this and you're not caring about anyone around you, you're not loving. You should care about the people around you. And he gives teachings later on how you should do that. But the big issue is whatever you're doing, if you're not caring about the people around you, it's not Christ-like. If you're like, no one interrupt me. I got to do my thing. It's so important. I'm in this spiritual trance and no one can bother me. It's not loving. So he says, if I speak in the tongues of men... And of angels. So it doesn't matter if it's an angelic tongue, if it's a human tongue, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Now, again, he's admitting even if you have all knowledge and prophetic power if you're not loving it doesn't mean anything have you ever met those people who are like well i'm a prophet and so i'm a little bit of a jerk but you know he's a prophet so you know sometimes prophets are jerks because they just speak the truth and we 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 say you know well you just got to let him be because he's kind of jerky but he's speaking the truth because he's a prophet the apostle paul says hey if you have all prophetic knowledge and you don't love it's nothing you're nothing i don't care if you have all wisdom and all prophetic power if you don't have Love, you don't have a witness. He says, and if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith as to remove mountains, man, he is just a man of faith. She is just a woman of faith. Yeah, she's a little jerky. He's a little jerky and you don't want to bother her, or offend her. But boys, you know, he's a woman or excuse me. She's a woman of faith. Or he's a man of faith and, you know, you just don't don't touch God's anointed. And Paul says, baloney, that's just garbage. If he is a man of faith, he's going to be loving. If she is a woman of faith, she's going to be loving. And if they're not loving, they're not advancing the gospel. If I can understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. You think I'm exaggerating? What does Paul say? Paul says, if you have faith that moves mountains, but you have not love, you're nothing. That means everything we're doing right now in our culture, if it doesn't start with love and end with love, it's nothing. If we overturn laws, but it's not rooted in love, it's nothing. If we get the right uh, you know, judge into the right position, but it doesn't start and end with love, it's nothing. If I give away all I have, and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. See how he takes every camp. He has you know, the preachers and the teachers, and, and he has the people. Well, It's not about preaching and teaching. It's just about giving away all your money and, and just serving and sacrificing. And, he, and he's getting every category. It's not about what you say. It's not about the preachers and the teachers and the prophets. It's not about the prayers and the angelic tongues. It's not about the people who are the martyrs. It's about love. If you don't love in any of these actions, you have nothing. And the American church has nothing to offer the world if we're not loving. And right now I see Christian friends who are sacrificing their spiritual authority because of their unwillingness to love. They're, can, they're, they're fighting crusades, they're fighting for politicians, they're fighting for political agendas, they're fighting for whatever culture war they want, but they're not loving, and they're aligning themselves with unloving people, and they're justifying it for political expedience. And they're sacrificing the faith of their children, and their children's children. We're literally sacrificing our kids. And I know I'm using the word literal, but in spiritually, it's like we're taking our kids to an altar and sacrificing them, and saying, "Yeah, you know, we we need this vote." And so we're not gonna we're not gonna align ourselves with loving people. We're gonna align ourselves with 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 wicked people. We're gonna align ourselves with people who hate God and people who are not Christ-like and people who do wicked things and and people who are. who who don't at all honor God, and people who live terribly immoral lives, and and, and we're going to align with them in very unloving ways so that we can gain political power uh, because we need this law or we need this position of power. And you know what we're doing? We're taking our kids who see that hypocrisy and we're sacrificing their faith at that political altar. We're saying this law is more important than love, and we're saying your faith doesn't matter because those kids aren't going to follow our God. The church is going to decline in the next few years, and it's not going to be because of the left, and it's not going to be because of, uh, you know, the, the media. It's going to be because of Christians. It's our witness. It's our witness because we're no different. We're no different. We're 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 just we're not any more loving. They see it. They see what we're doing. They see it and they go, why would I want nothing? Why do I want nothing? They see it. They see Christians cheering the most immoral people in the world. They see it. clapping and cheering immoral people. They're like, why would I want nothing? Why would I want to follow? You, you're a Christian and you've given your life to Christ and the fruit of it is you're cheering someone who is completely not loving. Why would I want that? You have nothing to offer me. Paul goes on and he says, if I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. He says love is patient. So this is what Christians are to be, is patient, and our leaders are to be patient. And kind. Love does not envy or boast. That's who Christians are to be. We're not envious. We don't boast. And so are our leaders. It is not arrogant or rude. We are not to be arrogant or rude, and so are our leaders. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. We are not irritable or resentful, and so are our leaders. Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. So all this, this, this stuff that's going on with the Corinthian church, he says, you're just being little children. Your unwillingness to love, love is maturation. All your clever words, all your fighting and championing, all your, you know, who's, who gets to speak the loudest, that's little children fighting. It's time to grow up. The sign that you grow up. Every Christian, you know, one of the saddest things is some of the most unloving people are old Christians. that get older and angrier and bitter. You know, more bitter and more angry. That's not always the case, but often it becomes the case. If you're growing as a Christian, the older you get, the more loving you should become. I've seen that in my father and my mother. They're more loving every year of their life. are the the elders in our churches should be leading us in love if they're not then the gospel does not work or the gospel they've received is a counterfeit gospel paul says here he says when i was a child i spoke like a child i thought like a child i reasoned like a child but when i became a man i gave up childish ways I'm giving that stuff up. I'm living for love. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. But the greatest of these is love. You know, I was trying to figure out, I just started this radio show back up, and uh, trying to figure out even what to talk about on the air, because... I am profoundly disillusioned by the garbage Christians are focusing in on when we haven't dealt with this foundation. We, we need a revival in love. Now, some of you have been loving well, and I want to say, well done. And let's keep moving forward. And for me, when I read these things, I think, for me, there's a place of repentance. What I've been doing the last couple of years is just Lord, search my heart and know my ways and help me to grow in love. Because I need to grow in love. I don't want to grow bitter. I don't want to grow angry. I want to grow more loving. I don't want to grow divisive. I don't want to grow in feeding into the spirit of this age. So I want to learn how to love my enemies, to love those who disagree with me, to bless and not curse, to be kind, to be gentle, to open my heart to the overflow of God's love. Because I know that Christ Jesus dwells in me and dwells in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know that right now, the power of the cross is available to you and to me. And that right now, my assignment and your assignment is this, to allow the overflowing love of God to flow through us into the world. That everything I contend for, I do it in a spirit of love. That every truth statement I proclaim, I do it in a spirit of love. That every law I contend for, I do it in a spirit of love, in actions of love, with loving people, for the purpose of advancing a better dialogue in this bitter world. Father God, help us to build our lives on the foundation of love. Hey, thanks for listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. If you'd like to support this work, please go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate. Your donation will keep it on the air. Also, I have a book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. I would love it if you'd pick up a copy and read the book. Tell me what you think about it. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. He loves you dearly. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. I will see you next time.